Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is 1 Samuel chapter 3. Here again the part that reads, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord came and stood as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. You may be seated. The assurance that we are with the Lord is a gift that parents and children can give to each other no matter what time of the year, but it must be given. You, I, nobody can assume, even if you just get them to Sunday school and confirmation, God never has, and neither should we. And that's the reason for epiphany. Jesus manifested Jesus manifested and revealed to the nations. Jesus revealed to you and to me, including parents and children. And our congregational leaders. That's a big task. Greater than any one individual, even greater than parents. You might say Christmas is over. And now the work has begun. It's the reason we as St. Andrew exist, to help and to grow and to nurture faith. However, the work of nurturing and caring for the faith not only comes with responsibilities, it comes with promises. I spoke last Sunday about the fourth commandment concerning those in authority, especially to the rise and the fall of nations and its leaders, the fear of Jesus, and the refuge that we have in Jesus. Again, I was only speaking to those in authority, but today I want to speak to those on a more personal level, to you as members of the congregation and leaders of the congregation. As you are entrusted with God's word to reveal Jesus, that's not only the job of parents, and Sunday school teachers, but each and every member who is here today and belongs to this congregation, including its leaders. Listen to the importance of passing down the faith. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm about to do this thing in Israel, at which two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle, and on that day I will fulfill to Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning until the end. And I will declare to him, that I am about to punish the house, his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore swear to the house of Eli, or I swear to the house of Eli, that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. That stands as a warning to all of us who know God's word for we are entrusted to teach it to the next generation, especially parents and congregational leaders. Not only teaching the faith, but how to lead godly lives. Lives of service. This is so very important. For God holds us responsible, yes, accountable, just as he did Eli and his sons. Oh yeah, our personal faith is important, 
but so is it passing it on. Andrew Steinman comments in his commentary, throughout the first Samuel chapters 1 to 4, Eli is always a dedicated priest. He himself never displays contempt for God, dereliction of its duty, or unbelief. His personal faith was not in doubt. Instead, he is held in response, or he is held responsible as a leader who failed to execute his responsibilities as office. For in the same vein, James warns readers not many of them should be ought to seek positions of authority in the church as leaders, since God will judge leaders more strictly than others. James is only teaching what Jesus had taught earlier. Those who are put in charge of others have the greater responsibility to God. God held Eli responsible for not restraining his son's actions. And it probably started when they were younger, but now they were impossible. As high priest, either Eli should never have entrusted his office to his sons, or he should have removed them from their office of service. So also God holds us responsible for not only passing on God's word to the next generation and teaching them how to live godly lives, but also for providing faithful leaders. Not carrying through has devastating consequences, and God will find other ways. So continue reading Samuel. You see, Samuel was not Eli's son. If you remember back, Samuel was Hannah's son. The gift that God had given to her when she prayed, when she wasn't able to have children. But now he's entrusted to Eli, or I should say, yes, to raise him. And look how Eli treats Samuel. He threatens him to tell the truth, but he goes soft on his own sons. I know that there are those who mourn over the present condition of the next generation, even our children, but what do we do? Remember the promises that God has given to you and your children. It is here in baptism. There Jesus assures us, as he assured the 11 disciples when he commanded, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Don't stop learning. Don't stop teaching. Yes, they are work. And we are to work at them. And at times, it's a lonely road. Sometimes it's because of a spouse. Sometimes it's because obstinate children. But our work comes with the assurance that the Lord will not abandon us. Some of you as parents, some of you as grandparents understand that already. It's a struggle with children, even organizing the baptism, getting them to Sunday school, the work of confirmation, getting teenagers out of bed, the conflict with sports and other high school activities. And then... We have to release them to college or universities and hope that their Christian faith survives all the distractions, if not attacks. Many of us who have been there understand, and it should be 
a great concern. But let's be concerned enough not to impede the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has every opportunity to work. If one has a game, go ahead. Have them dress in their uniform and come to worship. If a student isn't keen on coming to youth group, be willing to come with them to support them. Maybe they're not so keen in having you go with them. Well, then find another to go with them, and hopefully those of us that don't have children would be willing to. What do you have to lose? But the next generation. I know that there are those in our congregation who work nights and they come home from work and they still bring their children to here to worship and to Sunday school before getting their rest. That's an example of doing everything that we can. It's work. Parenting is work. Teaching is work. Keeping the mission and the ministry of this congregation central is work, and it's draining. And that's why we need the Lord who binds us together as a family, working together. Yes, all of us working together, parents and children, grandparents, married and single, leaders, and every member. We are here to raise children and one another in the faith. There are times that we may feel like failures and our efforts not bearing the fruit that we want. Today, the Lord comes to each and every one of us. As we confessed our sins here before the Lord, and He has given you the absolution that is the forgiveness of sin. And then by the Lord's Supper, he comes to you in with and under the bread and the wine to commune with you. We lay all our faults and our inabilities and our failures, and he forgives them by the very body and blood. And there, in the baptismal font, we were declared his children. There, God is our Father, and he gives us new birth of water and the word and promises to give us his Holy Spirit as we live out our lives. And there we are joined with Christ. There we know by faith that we have died to sin and alive to God. There we have the promise that he has not abandoned us even as we work and we expend as much, so much energy and sacrifice to be faithful to him for he is with us as we take on the responsibility for the next generation amen now the peace of god that passes understanding keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus